Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities, from Kentucky Humanities, where we've been telling Kentucky stories for 45 years. Here is your host, Bill Goodman. Kentucky Humanities had the distinct honor and pleasure to host the United States Port Laureate Tracy K. Smith in our state recently. Brought to Kentucky by the Poetry and Literature Center at the Library of Congress, we are the nation's newest affiliate of the Center for the Book of the Library of Congress. She visited Bowling Green, Glasgow, and New Haven as part of her National Project Rural Tour of America. Smith, educated at Harvard and Columbia, teaches at Princeton. She is the author of three books of poetry, including Life on Mars, winner of the 2012 Pulitzer Prize. She is also the author of a memoir, a finalist for the 2015 National Book Award in nonfiction. Her fourth collection of poetry, Wade in the Water, will be published in April. She was named U.S. Port Laureate in 2017. The role of Port Laureate of the United States is to spread awareness and appreciation of poetry across the country, populations that might be underexposed to poetry. In Bowling Green, she met with and discussed poetry with clients of the Men's Addiction Recovery Campus. In Glasgow, a standing room only crowd at the South Central Kentucky Cultural Center. Heard Smith and Kentucky Port Laureate Frederick Smock discuss the impact of the written word on their lives. At a branch of the Nelson County Public Library in New Haven, Smith remarked on the beauty of the rolling hills and countryside of Nelson County before she read and shared her work with a small but enthusiastic audience. After her appearance in New Haven, I talked with her about her trip to Kentucky, along with Robert Casper, head of the Poetry and Literature Division of the Library of Congress. So I'm talking to Robert Casper and Tracy Smith about your uh, trip to Kentucky uh, and uh, one just get your reflections and thoughts on it. Oh, it's been beautiful. I feel like people have been so willing to share and talk and um, uh, just talk about what the poems that they've heard speak, speak to in terms of their lives and this place. And that's been really wonderful. I feel like each, each night we've had, um, each, at each event we've had, um, we've heard a lot of voices and that, that makes these events feel different from standard poetry readings that I might do elsewhere. Was this your first trip to Kentucky? Uh, this is my second trip to Kentucky. Um, I visited Lexington a few years ago, but I never left a conference center where a conference was taking place. So uh, this feels, this is the first time I've been out driving on the roads and uh, meeting people of different ages. Um, so growing up in uh, in Massachusetts and California and, and now at Princeton, did you have some preconceived notions about what um, you might find in rural Kentucky? I felt like for me, the like rural America, I just imagined landscapes and I imagine like small um, communities, you know, groups of people. But beyond that, I've just had a lot of curiosity, you know, like... Um, yeah, what I don't know what happens in the houses and the farms that you, you see in pictures, and you know what do people talk about at, at, at tables? And um, I feel like maybe I've learned a little bit more about those things. You've commented a couple of times on the beauty that you've seen, and uh, 
the the openness uh, that that sometimes in urban settings uh, you you don't get uh, attracted to as much as you do here yeah. in rural Kentucky. Yeah, and it was really moving to. Um, you know, there was one moment in today's event where we were talking about modernity and construction and what that feels like as a reality or a threat when you live in a place that's, you know, for the most part so untouched. And um, it was really compelling to hear the kind of sense of the dual tensions that the people are aware of. They know what they have. They know how precious it is. And they also know, well, there's this other pull as well. Um, I have this feeling when I come to a landscape that's not industrialized that I'm I'm in a place that is as it should be or as more of the, or more of the world should be. Um, I feel you know on these brief trips I can I can hear my thoughts differently when I see trees and cows and things. Um, and I don't know maybe that's because I live closer to cities and my life is surrounded by concrete. Um, in a lot of in a lot of ways, but I also think it's just empirically true that there's something alive in in nature. Robert is uh, head of the uh, poetry and literature division uh, for the uh, uh, Center for the Book for the Library of Congress. Um, is this um, your reflections on on your trip to Kentucky and 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 what you thought it might be and what you uh, have realized it, it can be? Well, I've been excited to work with uh, with you in the Kentucky Center for the Book and Kentucky Humanities. Uh, of the three pilot project trips we've done thus far, it's the first that we've done through such organizations uh, in conjunction with uh, uh, the member of Congress uh, in this district, uh, Congressman Guthrie. So it was great to connect to the resources that were already here in the state, uh, the arts resources, the humanities resources, uh, and, and structure our visit around uh, um, the connections you had to these rural communities and programs that you do in these communities. So thank you for, for having us and putting it all together for us. Um, what were your uh, thoughts, uh, uh, preconceived uh, thoughts, uh, about what you expected and, and, and the reality of what you've, you've seen and, and heard? I didn't expect that people would be so not only engaged, but communicative and so open and honest about uh, how they felt about the poems Tracy was reading. There's that moment that happens, and I've seen it uh, in the other trips too, and just at poetry readings. When you ask someone who isn't a poetry reader to talk about a poem and what they experience, and I've both seen how Tracy's gotten better at or more comfortable with asking those questions and pushing it a little bit until people actually respond. But I feel like in the different communities that we went to in Kentucky and rural Kentucky, we, we saw the fruits of that, of that effort. It was very powerful to hear how people saw or felt um, in, in response to poems in ways that we hadn't yet imagined. And I mean, Tracy and I have spent a lot of time thinking about poems, yeah. analyzing poems, trying to understand poems. So uh, that was really, really just wonderful. It must um, have such deep meaning for both of you to hear some of the responses, especially from young people. Uh, this one young woman who begged her mom to bring her today and, and the profound thoughts and 
and and deep thinking that that they put into their to the responses to you I, it must just touch you that you can you can open that up in someone so so profoundly it's i mean yeah it's beautiful and i feel really grateful i also feel like oh if if only we made more space for this it w- it would happen in so many different ways you know i don't think it's me i think it's you know what poems invite us to feel and then to be in a group of people that are confident to talk about what they feel which isn't always the case um yeah, it was really, uh, it's, it's kind of a gift. I feel like this might be, the these last couple of events, we've talked about the poems a lot. Like a lot of the conversations that I've had have been sort of external to the poems. Like the poem is about history, so history lives here in this way. But here I feel like it's been textual in, in so many ways, and that's, that's exciting. I guess there are a lot of readers um, in the community. And I actually I met someone last night who said, well, storytelling is part of my life. Every Sunday we, when I was a kid, we'd sit down, and my grandmother, who lived to be like 100, would tell, she would recite poems and tell stories. And, um, and she recited, the, the woman recited some poems for us too. Um, and so maybe that's, that's a part of, of life here or it has been in a way that means people listen differently well robert i would also say too that the hard work you're doing is in getting people to engage the poems as poems but to feel brave enough or free enough to speak about what they see what they hear what they imagine and that's the kind of work that i feel that the poet laureate can do uh in this role uh, outside of the academy, outside of school, and in ways that that challenge what most people experience when they when they're asked for poems, which is that oh, you know, the teacher yeah. say has all the answers and they're hidden, and you're not smart enough to get them. And if you only had the key, you get them, and that's the only reason to read a poem is to show how smart you are. Uh, you've time and again stood up in front of people and said, okay, let's talk about how this makes you feel, and and you can say whatever you want. It's valid. And um, you've been willing to admit that when people have given interpretations that you hadn't seen before, that you hadn't seen them before. And what that must mean in a group of people uh, when the U.S. Poet Laureate says, wow, that's wild and interesting and new. I hadn't thought of that. It just means so much for what I think people can do with poems um, going forward after they leave here. You know, when they encounter a poem again, they're not going to feel the same sense of like, oh, it's scary and and difficult and I don't understand it. So that's a great gift you've given to all the communities that we've gone to. Well, thank you both for um, visiting Kentucky. And I, I must say that it, uh, it touches all of us um, deeply when in a state sometimes um, where we worship basketball and fried chicken uh, more than we do the written word, you have in the people that you've met uh, that attended uh, these readings and appearances uh, have 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 gone away with uh, you, you've changed lives here in Kentucky to have the Library of Congress and to have uh, the the United States Port Laureate to be in our presence has just been truly an honor. Oh, it's been my honor. Thanks for being so welcoming. Also in attendance at the library, noted Kentucky poet and Transylvania University professor Morris Manning, who spoke about the importance of having a poet of such magnitude visit rural Kentucky. Mars Manning, a noted uh, Kentucky uh, poet and, and uh, professor at Transylvania University, uh, much honored himself, uh, uh, who lives close to uh, New Haven, came to hear 
uh, Tracy Smith and her appearance at the uh, New Haven Public Library in Mars. I, I, you were, uh, we sat next to each other. I could see that at times you were as, uh, as uh, emotionally involved in, in what Tracy was reading and, and as well as the rest of the audience. This was, this was quite a day for Kentucky, wasn't it? Lovely. Um, and it, I think the thing that impressed me most was how many young people were here clearly engaged, uh, probably had never heard of Tracy Smith before this morning, and here they are, and Tracy reads poems that these young people have never heard previously, and they're turned on, they're stimulated, uh, they feel connected, they feel like this is not, um, you know, a lecture in some elite institution, this is a community event, and they are part of it too, and I, I just found that wholly refreshing and encouraging. You, um, as a, uh, a writer of some renown and um, such a reputation that you have in the state, I I'm sure it, it also means a great deal uh, for you to have the Library of Congress uh, to be represented in, in, a, in a small town like yes. New Haven, or in Kentucky for that matter, to have the, the United States Port Laureate to come and, and visit us and, and share uh, has to be um, uh, a day that, um, as I said, we uh, is a is a real opportunity for us to celebrate writing and and uh, uh, poetry month, uh, National Poetry Month coming up in April. Uh, this is your life, and it must be just for a small moment in time for you to have this. Uh, it, it must must mean a, a lot to you inside. Absolutely, and I think. Um as I was sitting in the audience listening to Tracy Reed, I looked around and noticed there were a number of people here who are, shall we say, of a certain age, um, but they would have been um, school uh, in school at a time when it was common um, across the country to memorize and recite poems in the classroom. For, I mean, we used to call it elocution and recitation and things like that, where the young person would be committed to memorizing a particular poem and standing in front of the room to recite it and, and have the recitation be not simply a performance, but a kind of uh, interpretation of the poem. And I've often re reflected that um, that kind of basic connection to poetry especially is probably something our young people today don't have. I, just, I don't believe it is common in our elementary schools or junior highs for young people to memorize and recite poems. And uh, we have to remind ourselves that there's just a basic value in doing that, in being intimately connected with the language, um, intimately connected with the tools of the language, like metaphor, as Tracy was um, responding to one of the questions. She talked about metaphor very nicely. Um, similes, imagery, she talked about imagery. Um, these, are, these are things that... Um, even if we don't have a textbook knowledge of these 
tools, we use them. Um, most of us every day, um, just in speech, and to have us, to have an opportunity where we get to pay special attention to those tools and to hear them orchestrating um, a, a whole expression, as we heard from Tracy. That's just a. That's a. There's an inherent value in that, and we got. We got to have more of this going on. Well, maybe um, uh, from Kentucky Humanities and our new designation as the Center for the Book, we can, uh, we can both uh, work uh, on that with so many other people who care about uh, uh, writing and reading and, and poetry and words and, and literature in the state of Kentucky. Maybe we can make this uh, a day to begin to, uh, to look at, uh, at, at what you're talking about on a more uh, normal uh, basis. That would please me if that, if that were the case. I think... Two, um, you know, for Tracy to come to a pretty remote part of the country, and even a remote part of Kentucky, is is a really um, poignant opportunity. Um, I think um, a lot of our small communities in Kentucky um, are vulnerable to economic changes to demographic changes um, and every little community that I ever go to the library is a center um, and that's the case here at this at this library there's there's really no other place in New Haven for people to come together uh, as a community and here we here we have it and it's just, um, and also people came from farther away. I was talking to a man who came here from Hodgenville, which is several miles down the road. I'm about 30 miles away, so, um, you know, it's proof to me that if we have these kinds of opportunities in our small communities, people will come. Thank you, Morris. Yes, sir. Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities and is a production of the University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences. This podcast was created at the Media Depot. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud.
Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities and is a production of the University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences. This podcast was created at the Media Depot. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud. 